0: For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Hello, hello. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to anyone listening. Uh, Welcome to part one of this strange winter break adventure, my my slightly lame holiday gift to you. There are going to be 20 of these episodes, some of my very favorites, all pulled from the archives. And this is going to go until about January 19th. And I wanted to do something special with these episodes. So... This is my slightly weird ambition. Each of these four weeks will be dedicated to a different theme, moving from outer space to the extremes of Earth to animal life to us, the strangest animal of them all. And this week is all about space. So let's, let's start as far away as we can get, beyond not just Earth, but far beyond our solar system, This is an interview episode I did with a young student named Amir Siraj, who made a mind-bending discovery back in 2019. This is truly one of the favorite episodes I've ever done. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, come back tomorrow for day two of Space Week. It's the middle of the night Papua New Guinea time on January 8th, 2014. And a meteoroid is hurtling through space towards the Earth's atmosphere.
1: We think this object was probably between half a meter and one meter in size. So between a sort of microwave and a, and a dishwasher.
0: Okay, not, not a rock you'd wanna be hit by, but like not, not catastrophic either.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: As it hit the atmosphere, it exploded like a cosmic firework.
1: You can sort of think of what the event looked like as this really violent, sudden explosion, um, followed by a rain of melted droplets raining down into the, into the Pacific at cosmic speed. This rock came from space, but what's even more interesting than that is where in space it came from.
0: I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's, nay, the universe's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're talking to Amir Siraj. Sorry, can can you hold that for one second? I just saw my my roommates that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amir, at the time of this recording, was still a senior in college. (laughs) All right, that's taken care of. Tell your roommates I appreciate them. He's a senior in college who's also made Forbes' 30 Under 30 in science list and who's double majoring in astrophysics at Harvard and piano performance at the New England Conservatory of Music. I wasn't aware that that (laughs) that that was even a thing that you could do. But I called him up to talk to him specifically about the astrophysics part of what he does, because Amir, as a sophomore in college, may just have discovered the first interstellar object we've ever documented hitting the earth. More after this. Okay, I want to now take a big step back to just the larger picture here. So, what does it mean for an object to be interstellar? Basically,
1: every meteor that we know of (laughs) in history, so a meteor is any object that hits the the Earth's atmosphere and and burns up on its way down. Um, Every meteor in recorded history that we know of has originated from within our solar system.
0: Our solar system is filled with the awkward leftovers of its formation. These are the comets, asteroids and meteors that float around out there. And occasionally they end up smacking into us. Pretty pretty often actually. How much stuff sort of generally like hits the atmosphere in a, in a given year? Like uh like a little or a, like a lot?
1: <laughs> like a lot. Uh, yeah. we're const- <laughs> we are constantly bombarded by
0: meteorites all the time. (laughs) These meteorites are normal. They come from within our solar system, which means we can use them to learn more about what the solar system is made of and how it formed. They can't really tell us anything about the universe out there, outside of our solar system. To get even a general sense of what other planetary systems are made of, how many planets they have, how they formed, maybe if they could support life, it involves lots of telescopes, a good bit of math, and some sort of generalized guesses. So
1: what it means for something to be interstellar is for an object to come from outside of the solar system. So presumably, you know, formed Uh, within another star system, and ejected, and it just sort of happened to make its way to us.
0: Stardust conveniently packaged up and airmailed to us from billions of miles away. I mean, imagine the kinds of secrets that we might be able to extract from one of those. Of course, we'd have to get our hands on one first. Now, the question is, what percentage of these objects that actually hit the atmosphere and 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 maybe even make it in what How many of them are interstellar? Do we think? <laughs>
1: yeah well, so so that's that's the crazy thing. It's really hard to say because they are so rare. Yeah <laughs> the point is that we yeah. have so few examples. People have been searching for interstellar meteors, and it took a century of searching. To find one example. So so that that should give you a sense of of how, how rare these things are. We didn't think that they existed. We didn't know that they existed.
0: In 2017, scientists finally saw an interstellar object whiz by, showing us that they can, in fact, come into our own solar system. Amir's advisor, Dr. Avi Loeb, wrote about it as this incredibly exciting and groundbreaking moment in the astrophysics community. It also made astrophysicists really hungry for more. And that's why when Amir was working in Avi's astrophysics research lab as a sophomore in college, Avi asked him to do some kind of unglamorous work, comb through the records of objects colliding with Earth's atmosphere. And the thought was, you know, Maybe there were other interstellar objects that had come flying through our solar system. So, can you tell me about that that moment? I mean, I know you're looking not up at the stars. Uh, you're looking at a spreadsheet, basically. You're searching through the spreadsheet. But can you tell me about the moment when you thought, "Huh, this is this stands out. This is an odd entry."
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I had just been looking at, um, you know, some of the fastest fireballs in, in the database. And, you know, once I ran the code, you know, and everything looked normal, um, except for this object. I mean, I, I just, it wasn't that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I found an interstellar object. It was like, okay, this this would be crazy, so it's wrong. It's like, there's no way it's right. (laughs) So I then, you know, (laughs) I did this like 20 more times that day. Uh, I just spent that whole day rerunning my code, like writing the code from scratch, uh, doing it by hand, just like doing every sanity check that I could.
0: The first thing Amir noticed was this object's speed. It was going crazy fast. And the second thing was that we hadn't hit it head-on. It had caught up to us. It had rear-ended the planet. So Amir started doing the math, starting with the moment the satellite recorded this object exploding. Amir's calculations ran time backwards, tracing this object back into outer space.
1: And that's what showed us uh, for sure that this object had clearly come from outside the solar system because we looked, you know, at the planet's orbits, you could see the orbits of comets, of, of asteroids, and you just see the orbit of this object just leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and here I was at the time a sophomore in college and I and I and I found it <laughs> but uh, it was sort of this process of slowly realizing,
0: "Oh my god, this is actually interesting. Yeah. <laughs> who, who did you tell first? Did you who, who did you call?
1: I, I wrote an email uh, right away to my advisor, Avi, and I was like,
0: "We have something." <laughs> <laughs> this was an enormous discovery. But there was a problem. This interstellar object had been recorded by U.S. spy satellites. It's not that secret, but the way it records stuff is. They're used to track stuff, mostly like missiles. And so the DOD doesn't really want to give away specifics about how precise the equipment is or what kind of sensors it uses. And that made it really hard for Amir and Avi to prove that their findings fell within the margin of error. Until 2019— With the help of some high-ranking government officials, Amir and Ivy were finally able to get the information they needed to publish. But they're not done yet. Because when this interstellar object collided with the atmosphere, exploded and liquefied. Those droplets fell down to Earth.
1: And they must have sunk to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, which at the location of impact is about 1.7 kilometers deep um so it is not it is not your typical swimming pool
0: <laughs> if amir and avi could actually find the pieces of this thing the liquefied fragments of an object from outside our solar system it would be it's hard to say what it would be <laughs> it would be insane do you think it's a, it's possible that that you could find a, a piece of of this object
1: yeah, well, we're we're going to do our best. Um, yeah. We're actually in, in the planning phase right now. It will be a very audacious project because even in typical meteorite falls, you know, this is not something that is usually done, um, Looking looking for pieces, you know, at the bottom of the <laughs> ocean. But, you know, in particular, it's not something that's usually done at this depth.
0: So the tentative plan at this particular moment in time is to try dragging a sled with huge magnets attached to it across the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Yes, this, this, is, the, this is the plan. This is the actual plan. It's, it's wild. I'm getting too excited. I got to calm down. <laughs>
1: it's sort of like, like a, um, someone used the a term, a cosmic muckrake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're just going to um, drag that sled across the seafloor and and try to find these melted droplets.
0: The droplets could have fallen anywhere in an area about a hundred kilometers squared. So it would be a huge challenge to find them. But they still want to try.
1: It will be the, the first of its kind, but even more than that, you know, I think why it's worth doing is because this is not just finding material from within our solar system, this is finding material from another star. You can think of them as uh, exotic seashells that are washing ashore a, a local beach.
0: Yeah, a little a little present from our distant distant neighbors. Let's say you found one. Let's say you go out, you drag your magnet across the the seafloor, and you, you find little bits. Like, what is the first thing that you're going to do? What do you want to know once you've gotten a piece of one of these?
1: <laughs> I think I was discussing this with... Um... One of the folks from NASA. And he said, yeah, if we found this, it would be, you know, without a doubt, the most studied rock in human history. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, you know, what does that mean for the likelihood of life outside of the solar system? All of these big questions will be addressed.
0: When I spoke to Amir, he was still a senior in college at Harvard, living with his loud roommates. But by the time you're listening, Amir will have graduated with his bachelor's and master's in astrophysics. And he'll graduate from the New England Conservatory of Music in 2023.
1: Music and science for me are are two sides of the same coin. You know, they, they give oxygen to each other and they can't really exist in my life without the other. You know, some of my best ideas i um, in science come when I'm sitting at the piano, and that's where I go when I'm whenever I'm stuck. And you know likewise, I, I think that I would have much less creativity at uh, the piano if I weren't you know forced to think about the cosmos all, all the time.
0: all the piano music you've heard in this episode was performed by Amir Siraj. He is his own interstellar object. He also continues to pursue both music and science with an equal sense of passion because for him they are binary stars. The two can't be separated. I want to give a special thanks to Amir Siraj for taking the time to talk to me about this. It's was really amazing to hear about his work. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Baudelaire Seuss, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. And this episode was sound designed by Chris Naka. And mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time.
1: dogs from stitcher
0: Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGard Plus, a fexolaner, moxidectin and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Choose. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead.